When it comes to training and learning as a viable solution for helping people be the best that they can be in the roles that they serve, I believe that that's always been important. We've just not always been able to illustrate impact in the past, the way in which we're able to now. And that is because of the different types of tools and resources and knowledge that we've gained about the science of measuring the impact of training and learning. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human. I'm so glad you're back with us and looking forward to another incredible conversation today. So if you hear the name Kevin M. Yates, right, you may think, hmm, that sounds familiar. And it's because Kevin joined me a couple of years ago on the podcast. Great conversation. One of my favorite episodes. I'm actually going to go back and link that in the show notes. If you want to hear the first conversation, you're welcome to. But Kevin's back and we're going to talk about learning measurement, impact, all those kinds of things. So Kevin, welcome. Glad to have you, my friend. It is good to be back, man. I'm excited for today. I am. Let's do it. I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. So (laughs) before we get into all of the good stuff around learning and impact and that kind of thing, take a second and tell the audience more about who you are and what you do, because learning and measurement isn't all that you do. And I'd love for you to kind of capture some of those things. You're right, Ben. Learning measurement is not all that I do, but I'll start with that, right? So. A little bit about me, been in the industry now, the industry by industry, I mean, training, learning, and talent development for just about 30 years. I know I don't look like it. Thank you very much for saying that, Ben. So in my career over the past 30 years, I have worn many hats, right? So I started off at a small community bank on the south side of Chicago in facilitation, which led to a role in instructional design, which led to a role in curriculum development. And that led me to many, many different roles across our industry. So as I said, facilitation, industry, rather instructional design, program management, curriculum development, learning solutions, learning technology, learning operations, leadership development, onboarding, high performer development. And then most recently, Ben, I have been narrowly focused on measurement and impact analytics. And so I've fortunate to have done that, as I said, really focusing on the last few years and have worked across many different industries, many different companies. And that gives me a well-rounded view for what measuring the impact of training and learning looks like across industries, right? And back in, what, 2021, I started a nonprofit. I started a 501c3, and the name of that nonprofit is Meals in the Meantime. We provide free, fresh, healthy foods at pop-up food pantries in partnership with community-based organizations, faith-based organizations, and also local municipalities. So we do pop-up pantries. We go to different locations. We promote, advertise. And then people come to these pantries to get free, fresh, healthy, high quality grocery bags of food. So not only am I measuring impact as the L&D detective, but I am also making an impact in underserved communities who need help with food. So that's me. That's who I am. That's what I do, man. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, I, I love the the charity piece. I'll make sure and get a link to Meals in the Meantime in the show notes as well. So anyone that wants to check that out, where are y'all based again? Remind me. So we are based in Chicagoland South Suburbs. Okay, so we, we support the suburbs that are south of the city. 
Okay, perfect. So I know we have listeners who are in that area that may be curious, want to find out how to contribute, how to support. And I'm sure even if you're not there local, there's a way you can donate to, to make an impact here on all of the good people there that, that need that, that support. So excellent. Awesome. I was talking to you before we started recording. Like I have this big heart for missions and impact and supporting the communities. And I love that you're talking about like, yes, you're making an impact. But when you expose that opportunity to someone else that didn't know that that was there, that didn't realize that need was so close at hand, potentially, you're giving them a chance to make an impact too. And I think that's the exciting part for me about seeing some of the impact and sort of the opportunity around the missions and the the ministries and all that other kind of good stuff over the last few years, just being able to see that firsthand. Good stuff. So there's the about Kevin in a nutshell. And I know last time you were on with me, I asked you a question like, why learning measurement? I don't want to ask you that one this time. I want to ask you something different. So we'll start off with just a broad sort of look at learning and what's happening in that space. I would love to hear from you. Like there, you can get in that season right now, right? We're learning trends. Everybody's got their list of what's going to be big and hot and exciting next year. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think is something that's going to be interesting, important, relevant to the people listening here that have a responsibility for learning, training, developing their people? What's something that you're watching closely that you're excited or curious about? That's a great question, Ben. And you know, I hate to sound cliche with my answer to that, but you might already be able to guess in terms of what I believe is what's next, mm-hmm. in terms of what I believe people should be paying attention to and what's going to be hot. And that's artificial intelligence, Ben. Ooh. And I'm going to contextualize that for the work that I do with measuring the impact of training and learning, right? So let me just say very clearly, right? I do not believe that AI, artificial intelligence, will replace me or replace people who are like me who are doing the work of measurement data and analytics for training, learning, and talent development. That's a fear. That's a conversation that a lot of people have when it comes to AI. And it's like, oh, no, AI is going to replace me. It's going to take my job away. I don't see that happening with impact analytics and measurement for training, learning, and talent development. What I do see, which I believe is incredibly exciting, is the ways in which artificial intelligence can support the efforts for measuring the impact of training and learning. In essence, Ben, what I believe artificial intelligence is going to do for the impact measurement space is democratize, right? It's going to increase accessibility to the ability to measure the impact of training and learning. So as we think about all the work that there is now from a human perspective to measure the impact of training and learning and how sometimes it's a little difficult, a little challenging, and I would dare say even hard, right? What I believe we are going to be able to do, again, starting now, we don't even have to wait. I have already experimented with artificial intelligence as an assistant to me in the work that I do for measuring the impact of training and learning. And I am absolutely amazed. I am blown away at how artificial intelligence is helping me work smarter, not harder. Even in my L&D detective work, Ben, as I am searching and looking for those facts, clues, evidence, and data It shows the extent to which training and learning is measurably contributing and impacting to human performance and business performance. Artificial intelligence is is making me or rather helping me do that in a much smarter, easier kind of way. So I'm excited about that, man. I'm just excited to see how far we can go with this and what it can do for us. And again, I'm most excited, Ben, that I believe or rather, I'm most excited because I believe artificial intelligence is going to democratize impact measurement, and it's going to make impact measurement more accessible. Okay, so this is so, it's funny to me, because as you were talking a minute ago, doing your little intro piece about Kevin, and here's what you're about, 
I made a note, like, I want to ask Kevin, is it harder or easier to measure learning impact today? Because I know, again, we talked about this same general topic a couple of years ago, and then it was hard. It's still challenging, still difficult, but you said, you know, it may be hard. This AI piece may fit into that. I don't know. But is it harder or easier to measure impact today than it was, say, two, three, four years ago? I am going to say it is no less harder or no less easier. If that oh, makes sense, okay. right? Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ben. And you know, you and I talked about this a little bit. I am on a mission to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth about measuring the impact of training and learning, right? And the reality is that doing the work of evaluating how training and learning is contributing to activating, influencing human performance. That's, it's just a hard thing to do, but it's a difficult thing to do. But difficult does not mean impossible, right? And, and I want to say that again. Difficult does not mean impossible. It just means difficult, right? So when we take a look at that work and the nature of the work and the discipline of the work of using facts, clues, evidence, and data to be able to tell a credible, reliable story about how training and learning is contributing to human performance and business performance, you know, that's, again, it's not always an easy thing to do, but it is absolutely possible. So where I see the biggest opportunity with leveraging artificial intelligence and going back to your question about, is it harder now or is it easier now? I'm, you know, again, it's no less harder. It's no less easier. It is what it is. The dynamics and the nature of that work is what it is, right? But going back to what is going to make it easier? I think that artificial intelligence is going to not necessarily make it easier, but I do believe it's going to allow us to work smarter, not harder. Now, I hope that's not semantics, Ben, and, and I hope that I've just drawn a clear differentiation between the two. Again, artificial intelligence is not going to make it, air quote, easier, but it is going to give us the ability to work smarter, not harder. Does that make sense? And most yeah. important, did it answer your question? Yeah. Well, it's like, is it going to make it harder, easier? And the answer is yes, I think is the answer. Right? <laughs> Part of that is the way I see it. And you can tell me if I'm like, if you think this is correct or you think it's off, but the AI tools, ChatGPT, things like that allow us to be a little bit quicker and in, in generating some things to generate ideas, to be able to look at right? some of those kinds of things are helpful. At the same time, it's more noise, more information, more stuff. And we've got to be the experts to, to pick through and say, okay, this is something good. This is a helpful resource. This is a, a stat or a, a data point that I think I need to be using. This is all noise. I need to kind of get that off a plate because that's just in the way. So that's the way that I see this and the way that I use it as well. And some of the work I do, like not everything that I'm able to generate or use AI for is, is positive, is helpful. Some of it is, and I latch onto those. And for the rest of it, I'm like, okay, let's get that out of the way because I've got some other things to do that are higher order thinking, more practical sorts of things, things that the AI cannot do for me. And I've taken some of that other stuff off my plate, smarter, not harder, as you mentioned then I can focus on the other stuff and have more time and effort to put into those things that really matter. I like the way you summarize that, Ben, because as I think about the work that I've done, you know, just to give you a real world example. So, you know, whereas pre-chat GPT or pre-AI, right, you know, I might have an Excel spreadsheet or a Google worksheet and I'm looking at data and numbers and I am trying to see where there might be a trend, right, or where there might be some evidence that leads toward answering the question, what is the impact of training and learning? And so me looking at that spreadsheet or that Google worksheet, you know, I might've been in a spreadsheet for, I don't know, one hours, two hours, maybe even a day, right? Just trying to do that investigation work as the L&D detective. Well, I can ask ChatGPT 
to take a look at a worksheet and tell me where it sees trends, right? And I can use chat GPT and say as a prompt, and you know, prompt engineering is what's king, right? With chat GPT, I can say, ask me five questions that will help you help me measure the impact of training and learning. And it'll give me five questions to answer. I give it those five answers. And then it assists me in analyzing that data, right? That's an example of where ChatGPT doesn't replace me, but it supports me. It's an assistant to me. So using that example, Ben, you know, that work, again, that might have taken me a day or hours, maybe even two days. Well, ChatGPT can do that level of work in seconds and sometimes in minutes. That's a lot of time saving, right? That is what I mean when I say ChatGPT can help us and artificial intelligence can help us work smarter, not harder. I have not done this in our research. One of the things we've done, I'll get into the data for a minute because I know that'll make your heart sing with joy. One of the things that we see in our research is we ask recruiting teams and talent acquisition leaders, are you using AIs and making your team more efficient? If so, what are they doing with that time? And we've seen that evolve a little bit over the last few years, but it's really about building deeper relationships, spending more time proving the impact back to the business. Some of those kinds of things is where they're spending that extra freed up time. It's not just oh, we're just getting more busy work. It's we're kicking our feet up and doing nothing. It's no, we're finding other areas to contribute real value and building the human relationships and all that kind of good stuff. I'd imagine the same thing's probably true for any learning teams that are using these same kind of tools for impact or other areas of learning. They're probably doing the same things. I haven't asked that yet in our research and I'm, I've got a little note over here to myself to do that next time around because I want to know what's happening there as well. This opportunity with the time that you get back as a result of what chat GPT and artificial intelligence tools can do for you. When you get that time back, you can devote it to other areas of impact. Like you said, you can, for me, for example, you know, that gives me an opportunity to work on more projects where I am investigating the impact of training and learning, whereas it might have taken me a long period of time for one project, now it doesn't take as long, which means I have time for other projects. So there's definitely a, a time savings opportunity there and, and an opportunity to focus differently, right? Because if ChatGPT and AI is doing the core analytics work for me, that gives me an opportunity to be a bit higher level and less in the weeds. And I can then spend more time offering up recommendations, drawing conclusions, et cetera. And, and that is where the real value comes. So I have more time to do that kind of work. Okay. So one of the things you've mentioned a couple of times here, Kevin, is when you talk about measuring performance, you explicitly say human and business performance. You've said that a couple of times, very intentionally. You don't just accidentally yeah. let that slip out. I know I can tell you're saying that on purpose. I'd love to know, is it easier to measure one or the other when it comes to trying to understand the impact of learning and development programs? Is it easier to say, look, there's an impact on the human side here that's really clear and measurable and simple to understand, or there is a roll up here to the business side? Is there one or the other? It probably varies a lot. There's a lot of variables in that, but I'd love to hear from you, like how you look at that, how you approach that when you're saying, okay, we want to sit down, look for impact. I'm going to start with the human side because that's easier, or maybe the business side. What's your thought there? They are uniquely tied to each other. And you can't have one without the other because human performance impacts business performance, right? So here's an example of that. Let's say you work in a call center. And one of the things that you use as a business performance measure is average call response time, right? Like how long does it take for a customer to actually speak to someone based on the number of rings or, you know, for example, right? 
Well, that's a business performance metric, right? Average time to answer a call. But what impacts the business metrics for average time to answer a call is potentially two things. One is technology, and the technology is the, you know, that response system that people go through when they dial in for customer support. The other is how long does it take an agent to actually answer the call, right? So for how long it may take an agent to get through one call so that she or he can answer another ultimately impacts the business performance metric of the average amount of time that it takes for a call to be answered. So you can see with that example, Ben, where the human performance metric and the business performance metric are really dependent on each other or what you say interdependent or dependent on each other. But the essence of what I'm saying is, yeah, business performance is impacted by human performance. So what humans do ultimately impacts the things that we use to measure how the business is performing. So they are tied to each other in ways that they can't be disconnected. Right. Does that make sense? I hope that was a good oh, yeah. example. Oh, I love I love the example. And that reminds me when we did our we did a big learning study about maybe a year and a half ago, one of the questions we asked was when employees get to select their own training, does that help with their performance or business performance? And companies are much more likely to say, eh, it probably helps their engagement, their performance, but not the business so much. But when we prescribe something, when we require something, that's going to help the business and they may or not care. It may not help their engagement. And I asked the question just to have a data point on that. But we need to stop thinking in those terms as leaders, because when we're giving training, as you just outlined there, this has the opportunity to impact both their personal individual performance, the team around them and how they perform together and how that rolls up to the organization and their key metrics and everything else that we're accountable for as an organization. Those things are should not be untethered and probably can't be untethered. As you just said, they're closely linked. And so I've really tried to hit that home. And I love that example because that makes that case really well. And and I'm going to start using tethered and untethered. I like that. (laughs) Okay. So one of the things that that I want to ask you about is you've been doing this for quite some time. As you said, you started out when you were five years old, which is why you're so young looking (laughs) and I've been doing this for for such a long time. I've asked you a couple of questions around this. I don't think I've asked you this one directly. Do you think measuring learning impact is more important today? than it was in the past? Is there a bigger like need for it, demand for it? And is, I guess, two questions. And is it more important than it was? I feel like it is, but I don't know. You're much more steeped in this. I think it's always been important. What I think we see in terms of a difference, say, between then and now, you know, years ago and now, is just the amount of focus and attention that it gets. So when it comes to training and learning as a viable solution, for helping people be the best that they can be in the roles that they serve. I believe that that's always been important. We've just not always been able to illustrate impact in the past, the way in which we're able to now. And that is because of the different types of tools and resources and knowledge that we've gained about the science of measuring the impact of training and learning, right? So to answer your question, Ben, it is no less important. It's always been important. What we've done over the years is shifted our mindset, I believe, about what impact is, whereas historically we believe that impact was how many people did we train, how many courses did we offer, and do people like what we do, right? So historically, right, that's what we thought about, and that's where the focus has been, and that was the context of impact. And now, as I said, we're narrowly focused in thinking about how does training and learning contribute to human and business performance? So the context is different, the mindset is different, The focus is no less different than it should have always been. We are chasing after this a little faster than we have historically. But I can't say that 
measuring impact is any less important today than it has always been. I just think that we're getting better at it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I like that. I agree with you that it's evolved and changed. Right? You ask what good was ten years ago or fifteen years ago. Good was something different than what it can be today. We have better techniques, better methodologies, better people like you leading the charge here and kind of beating the drum for we've got to be doing this. We can't let it fall by the wayside. We can't assume it's going to happen because guess what? It won't. So really, I think all those things contribute to it being a little bit more, having some more kind of rigor around it. You mentioned science, like having rigor around it, just like a good scientific process where we can get better and repeatable outcomes, not just having it done ad hoc or whenever someone feels like it or whenever Kevin's around, exactly. hurry up. So he's got to figure out how to measure this. Kevin's here and he's in the room. Uh, no. <laughs> Oh, all right. So I am aware that we have people listening into this. Some of them are at large organizations like you've been in more recently, and you have their teams, you have a specific role around learning measurement. There are others here that are maybe in a smaller organization, or they're wearing all the hats, like all the training operations, everything else you mentioned earlier, they're wearing every one of those hats. And that probably gets heavy after a while. Yeah. What advice would you give those leaders who are at smaller organizations, maybe not as many resources, what are some practical things they might can do to start this? Because I think that would really help them to think through what to do next when they leave this conversation, not just, oh, Kevin's a cool guy. He's doing, some good, he's doing yeah. some good stuff, but I need to go do this, this, and this in order to have this impact in my own organization. Yeah, that's a great question, Ben, because I often think about the lowest common denominator in in our people and our teams and across our industry for training, learning, and talent development. So I am often thinking about that L&D team of one or that training team of one. And that does exist, right? We can't forget about those those practitioners in our community because to your point, yes, there are training and learning teams where there might be hundreds of people, right, who are part of the training, learning, and talent development organization. And there are other businesses where it's just one person. So your question is, how do I help that one person, right? And I'm going to direct that one person to the L&D detective kit for solving impact mysteries, right? And I don't remember or not, Ben, if I had developed that kit the last time that you and I talked, but I created the L&D Detective Kit back in October of 2020. And the response, the reaction, the application, and the use of the L&D Detective Kit literally blows me away because there are global organizations that are out there using the L&D Detective Kit as guidance and as a roadmap for measuring the impact of their training and their learning. And so for those training teams of one, those single practitioners that are out there that are listening to us right now, I'm going to invite and encourage you to go to my website, kevinmyh.com, and you can download a free copy that's $3 and zero cents, Ben. That's F-R-E-E dollars and zero cents, right? And I believe, based on the feedback and the reaction response, that the L&D Detective Kit gives a practical, achievable approach for how to measure the impact of training and learning and how to use facts, clues, evidence, and data to do that. So to answer your question, Ben, what advice or recommendation do I give to the training team of one? My recommendation is that you take a look at the L&D Detective Kit, take a look at the methodology that's there, and then discover how you can use that in the work that you're doing to measure the impact of your training and learning programs. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to add, not only is there the kit, there is the impact templates. And that's also on my website where you can download it for free. And that allows you to make what you learn in the L&D Detective Kit actionable, right? The impact templates is what makes it all actionable. So I recommend that 
those practitioners to one download both copies, the LD Detective Kit and the Impact Templates. I will go ahead and put that link in the show notes as well in case someone wants to go and check those out because that's great resources, great tools, great to help them. Yeah, there you go. I, that, I'm so glad you said the free dollars again the second time around because I'm like, hold on. I think I heard that right, but I'll make sure. So I on another podcast, Ben, and the person who I was doing it with thought I said $3 and yes. zero cents. No, it's $3 and zero cents. So I think all of us can probably afford that at this point. Go check that out. I'll make sure, again, all the good stuff in the show notes here, link to Meals in the Meantime, links to the resources and things like that there that, that you're sharing, Kevin. I'll make sure that I can link to you on LinkedIn as well in case we want to come check you out, follow you, see the stuff that you're sharing and posting on a regular basis because I do follow you personally and keep up with the, the good things that you're sharing there. So yeah. this has been such a blast. I'm glad you came back. Thank you for agreeing too. And I know that everybody else has got some good stuff out of this because I did. I take a lot of notes and I've got some good ideas from this conversation already. Very good. Very good. It's been way too long. This conversation was way overdue and I'm glad that we had it today. It's always good to see you, Ben. Yes, sir. Absolutely. To everybody else out there, go take some time, think through this, how you're going to have an impact. Go get some of those resources that Kevin mentioned and we'll catch you again next time on We're Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.